Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Here we are live. It is Friday, the 6th of November. We have had another Trek episode and we're back. We're ready to, to get this show on the road. We sure are. We've got, we've had some dilithium issues to start the night off, but it appears <laughs> as though we will be driving yes. securely and I will be keeping an eye on my warp core. Are you uh, Mr. Engineer and am I the pilot? Is that how this scenario is working? Yeah, yeah, that's right. You actually move this monster and I uh, just right. think that I do. Yep. Well, actually, Aki, we, we do it together. It's a symbio, symbi, it's a, it's a, we move in sync together. A, Symbiotic? Yeah. Is that the word? Symbiont, I think is Sy- the word you're looking for. Well, <laughs> sort of. I was trying to be clever, but I wasn't sure where it was no, going, really. No, it all worked. <laughs> What do we have here? Okay, well, welcome to Set Phasers, a highly logical <laughs> Star Trek podcast, basically. And today we're going to discuss Season 3, Episode 4 of Star Trek Discovery, an episode entitled Forget Me Not. And the title works on many levels. Uh, okay, well, um, our star date today for this episode is starting 31106.8. And I think we should... Uh, Run it down. You want to run it down? Yeah. It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? What just happened? Can you run it down for me? Sure can. Time to run it down, my friend. It's time to run it down. Okay. So we left off the last episode. Disco had gone to Earth and shenanigans had ensued. And, uh, well, they picked up a new crew person, Adira, who I don't know if Adira has a rank yet, but uh, or a position. But Adira is a human, but she has a trill symbiont living inside of her. She's not able to access the memories of said trill symbiont perfectly. And, and in fact, we discover the beginning of this episode is Dr. Culber's doing a supplementary log, and he's kind of checking out everybody on the ship. And people are physically healthy, but mentally everyone is feeling a little disconnected, a little hot on the collar, a lot of stress and concern and worry about their place in the universe now that they've flown 930 years into the future and everyone that they knew or loved is dead. And the people that came after them are dead. And also the future is super weird. So he is tasked with doing a scan of Adira and they see that she's got the symbiont. It's wrapped around her heart, which she doesn't seem concerned about. Is that normal for symbionts? Well, no, because no symbiont in the 2,000-year history hasn't been attached to a trill. And they have like a special Hasn't been like, attached pocket. to a human? To a human, excuse human. me. Hasn't, no symbiont hasn't been attached to a trill. Right, yes. Only trills, know. yeah, yeah. I think that's what I said, but I'm not sure. That might have been what and you said. I've, I've heard it both ways. <laughs> 
I'm not so familiar with the whole symbiont thing. Only trolls have symbionts. So this is the first instance of a human carrying a symbiont successfully. So she has it. No, they don't normally wrap around your like heart spinal cord. They have like a pocket like in the lower abdomen that usually the the symbiont goes in and out of. Or I'm thinking of Stargate. It's very difficult. There's so many symbionts. But I think it's stomach, stomach symbiont. Anyway, she has no memory like of the symbionts past lives because these symbionts get handed down life after life because they live for thousands of years, I suppose. And so every every host who dies and passes it on to another trill. So you carry those memories into the new body. She has no recollection of those memories. Also, we found out she has no memories from before she had the symbiont. She doesn't know where she came from. I don't know how she knows her name's Adira, but we won't ask that question now. So basically, Culper's like, we have two options. I can start digging around in your brain and see what I find. Or we can go to Trill and see if they'll help us. Even though there's never been a human symbiont connection and maybe they'll be freaked out, maybe they'll help out. So that is what they do. They arrive at Trill and they are contacted by uh, Commissioner Voss. And he is a little creepy, but he's mostly nice, I think. He's sort of like, oh, you brought a symbiont. They are history. Uh, he seems like a fanatic. He seems like a scary fanatic right off the, right mm, off the bat. A little right? bit. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but he's like, uh, they are history and we would be glad if you have a host to help them. Please come down to the, and so it all works out. They're supposed to go down. Uh, Saru's like, you know what, Adira, go down with Culber, our head of, of medical, and let's see if we can figure this out. Because the thing is, Adira has Senatal's memories in that symbiont. And apparently Senatal knew how to find out how to get to wherever the secret Federation starbase is. It's a very complicated series of things. It sounds like discovery. And also we don't know if this is, these are the things that we need the things to be, but that's just disco. So at the same time, there's two, basically two plots going on. That's the main one, Adira and her symbiont. And uh, eventually Culber actually convinces Michael to go down with Adira instead of himself, because he feels like Michael might be able to, might be able to guide her in a better way because she doesn't need medical attention. She needs like emotional and psychological support. And Michael was on her own and her world was turned upside down for a year and she survived and maybe she'll help Adira survive whatever critical process this would be. Because I think Culber knows at the same time he needs to go talk to Saru because because he had been monitoring the crew, he's seen that they're all kind of uptight and weird. He's been offering to talk to people and they've all been kind of shutting him down saying that they're quote fine. So he basically says, uh, listen, I think you need to give the crew, they need to feel connected. They need to feel that sense of family again. Because right now everyone is kind of just in their own spin, their own terrible maelstrom. Uh, and so Saru says, okay, maybe I'll think about that. He also uh, has gone down to talk to Stamets and say, you know, because there's no dilithium or dilithium is very rare. And the only dilithium they have is what they brought. He wants to make sure that there's a backup pilot for the spore drive system so that if Stamets should be incapacitated as he was at the end of the last season, there would be another way to drive the ship. Uh, but of course, um, Stamets is going through his stress process and, and he's not, he's a prickly fellow on the best of days. And he does not take kindly to this information for the captain. And he sort of takes it out on Tilly, who's coming up with great ideas, but whatever. Uh, so, Adira and Michael go down to the planet. 
they have a little tete-a-tete amongst themselves so that Derek knows she can trust Michael because she's not quite sure who to trust at all. Uh, and they meet some trills. They meet three special trills. Commissioner Voss, who we saw as the weird fanatic uh, in the yellow. We meet Guardian Z, who is sort of like a, I would guess he's sort of like a mystic or something. What would you say? Like he's a priest of trills? Yeah, there is some sort of. He's like a trill priest. There's a monk then, thing going on there. There's a monk thing going on there. And then, of course, uh, some sort of political slash, quote, spiritual leader called Leader, Leader Pav. Yes. And they all react poorly. <laughs> oh, except actually for um, Z. But they, they, don't act, they don't react great to the fact that the symbiont is inside of a human. In fact, yes. I have a question because I'm not super clued up on the whole uh, trill thing because it was much more of a ds9 thing than it was ever anything else so with all the trill that were down on the planet did they have symbionts as well or were they just no uh you have to go through a whole sort of lifetime of training and i think only i forget what the percentage was but it's something like 10 or 15 percent of people pass that training and then even less than that are able okay. to connect with symbionts although see you, you, why would you do this why would you send me into my nerd weeds there is an episode later on in ds9 where they figure out that that actually doesn't need to be the case and more people could connect with symbionts with a drug or something these are these are, you know okay it's not okay. that important the point is i was just so that was why they were so yeah. prickly with the deer because she's a human yeah, because, and they're like we have to go through all this training and only some of us pass okay and i it. think none of them have passed in a long time it seems like when they, when they, well, okay, I don't jump ahead of myself. Uh, so the three reactions are uh, Voss is like, you're an abomination. He sucks. And uh, Z is like, actually, maybe we should figure out a way to make this work because the symbiont is in her and to forcibly remove it might cause her to die, which Michael and Adira are 100% against. And then leader Tav is basically like, leader Pav is basically like, well, we can't accept your abominational like ways, but also we can't kill you. So just leave immediately. Just go away immediately. And then, of course, she puts the handling of their going away into the hands of uh, uh, fanatic weirdo Voss. So uh, <laughs> on their way back to the shuttle being uh, escorted by Voss, they are, of course, ambushed. And Voss says, you know, he's going to, like, kill them and take the symbiont from them. Michael, uh, foreseeing this ambush uh, happening, takes out all the ambushers uh, with, I assume, stunned phaser. A phaser set to stun, as it were. Mm. And then uh, the priest Z, I want to actually get his title right, because Guardian Z, not a priest, Guardian. Guardian Z comes up and says, actually that their society is like on the verge of collapse and that uh, Adira's symbiont might be a, a great hope for their community. And so he will take them to the caves, the sacred caves where the symbionts swim in the, what I call the trill pools, but I think have a technical name and uh, he will help her connect to the symbiont and figure out what's going on there. So that's what's going on on the planet. Meanwhile, Saru is up on the ship trying to figure out how to get the crew to feel better. He talks to the computer 
and something very strange happened. He's like mm-hmm. asking for suggestions. Did you think that was super creepy? And he yes. was like very chill about it. Ugh. Uh, he's like, what can we do? And the computer's like, you could go shopping or you could give the blah, 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 or do this. And he's like, I need ideas to help my crew. I did right? quite like that because the computer was almost suggesting, hey, they should just go shopping on Amazon. That's right. The crew was like, interstellar shopping. Yeah. <laughs> that's how that's how I deal with my anxiety. <laughs> yeah. That's what I do. I like to buy uh, staples. So uh, then like while he's like looking away, the computer flashes to the sphere thing and then when he talks to it again it's like a sultry laughing femme fatale voice and the voice is like oh you should give the crew the night off and let them hang out and relax and chill and maybe you should throw a dinner for your bridge crew <laughs> it's very I don't know I thought it was I was weird that Saru was like hmm, good idea computer oh he does tell it to run a diagnostic and it says I'm fine well, I do also like the fact that she has a rather sexy British accent. And quite honestly, most people with sexy British accents are very trustworthy. Fact. <laughs> That's <laughs> a fact, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so take that to the bank. Actually, uh, okay. I think most people with British accents in movies are always the, the villain. They're either the villain or an expert. That's true. Yeah. I think if they have glasses, they're the expert. If they don't That's have right. glasses, they're the villain. Total I have villain. the glasses. I'm trustworthy. You could take those glasses off and become a villain in a heartbeat. <laughs> Mirror universe, Steph. Uh, well, okay. So, on the, so Saru, I guess, decides to go with that plan. He's going to give the crew the night off, and he's going to throw a dinner party. And he tries, he invites the bridge crew in, and we may remember from the first episode that Detmer's been super weird ever since the ship landed. And so everyone's kind of on edge. Stamets is mad about the whole interface thing. Tilly's upset that Stamets is mad at her. Uh, Giorgio is upset that Saru won't let her, like, just kill everybody all over the world. Uh, Oh, well, I I wanted to talk about this later, but you did notice that Linus is sitting next to Giorgio. I did. You think there's a thing? I wrote down in my notes, I wrote... Linus and Giorgio sitting in a tree. <laughs> anyway, of course <laughs> you would. You would write that. Well, I like I like a good euphemism. I don't have a sexy British voice to make myself sound trustworthy. So the dinner spirals completely out of control, and everyone winds up yelling at each other. Detmer uh, basically yells at Stamets that he's a prima donna, and Stamets basically yells back at her, "I'm a prima donna," as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> and. Uh, well, in the end, uh, everyone leaves. Everyone storms out of the the dinner. And Giorgio is the last to leave. And she takes the bottle of wine with her. She says, at least the wine was good. And then she leaves. Meanwhile, down on the planet, Adira has gotten to the cave with Michael and Z. And she goes into the pool. And her eyes go totally white. And she's chilling. And they're watching her. I should have written down what it was, like Barrow dopamine levels or something with a rock that's in the water with her. Yeah, Steph, you're not going to know any of this because you don't have any trill episodes. But it's it's weird even if you know trills. <laughs> uh, and then uh, she starts to freak out and her levels drop. And then she gets pulled into the water and she literally disappears. And just as that happens, uh, Michael and Z are found out. They are come upon by uh, Commissioner Voss 
and leader Pav and two henches that we don't care about. And they're like, you there, you tried to knock us out and, and, and commit sacrilege in our sacred cave. Uh, I wrote down the name of the cave because I knew. The sacred caves of Makala. Very good. Yes, isoboromy levels. Thank you, Cindy Barrick. <laughs> oh, someone took notes. I'm writing children's nursery rhymes. And, stuff, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's right. They do allow Michael to go in after her. And Michael also gets pulled down into the water and disappears. And she goes into a weird, oh, well, an Alice in Wonderland style thing. She falls and falls and falls and lands in a strange place. And there she finds Adira and there's a bunch of wires all over the place. And Adira's freaking out and the wires are trying to connect to her and they shocks her. And then Michael puts together that maybe the wires are the memories and that maybe there's a memory she has to access in order to get over her situation with not being able to access her memories. And so she does connect to them and she has a memory of Gray. Gray, her boyfriend from when they were on a generation ship. We haven't really had any details about this, mm. but I guess there are ships that people just live on for generations and generations. And they were looking for a Starfleet headquarters and Gray got Senatal. Gray was a trill. Mm-hmm. And Gray got Senatal's symbiont, apparently, uh, presumably when Senatal uh, passed on. And so there's a memory of that, that sort of procedure. And Adira is curious, like, what is it going to be like? Are you different? And, and uh, Gray is like, I'm sort of the same, but I'm more. And then there's a memory of Gray now is playing cello. And we get the impersonation that the impression that Gray did not play cello before uh, having a symbiont. And um, Adira gives Gray a gift and the gift is a quilt and the quilt tells the story of their their life and their love together and they share tender moments and then as they're hugging an asteroid crashes into the ship and causes Gray to get impaled on a piece of like space glass and then he cannot be cured by the medical drone so they transfer the Trill symbiont to Adira and that was the memory she had to she had to remember. I thought it was going to be something much more menacing. Did you get that vibe? I can, well, I mean, that's very that's definitely post traumatic stress that she's repressed. Yeah, hundred percent. But the way that they were dealing with it, I thought like she killed him or something, like in like a fit of rage or jealousy about the symbiont. I don't know. Maybe I'm. <laughs> I'm just so expecting something to go terribly, terribly wrong, and this was just a very sad interval and her doing a great thing. Uh, that is caused her a lot of pain. She was able to work through it, which allowed her to get in contact with her past lives and also re- see Gray and also to see Senatal and Michael, who's there with her in this weird dream, imagination, brain world, uh, is able to thank Senatal for giving her hope. And then they go back to the surface and they're welcomed by the Trill and the Trill are all like, hey, what are your names? And Adira's like, oh, snap, I'm this tall and this tall and this tall. I was Senatal and I was great tall and now I am Adira tall. It does sound like she's all kinds of Power Rangers. It's, that's just what Trill, that's how Trills, <laughs> that's how Trills be. <laughs> they have so many names. So that was cool because if you like Trills and you like you know that they do the whole last name thing, the surname thing when you become joined. Welcome to the circle, her past hosts say. 
And uh, she's, you know, they're like, we'd love to welcome you into our society now. We've gotten over our ridiculous knee-jerk bigotry. And she goes, oh, that's super sweet. But actually, I think I have to stay with Discovery. So I'll let you know when I'm back in town. And the Trills are like, okay, cool. We get it. We were were jerks. (laughs) You go ahead. And if the Federation should ever come back, maybe we can talk about a different kind of joining. That was a little low. Yeah. Uh, So meanwhile, up on the ship, after the big fight, everyone makes up. Uh, Detmer goes to see Culber and she says, hey, I'm not well. I'm not fine. I do need to talk to someone. Could I talk to you? And he says, anytime. And Stamets goes back to where dinner happened and finds Tilly and the captain. And Tilly's been giving the captain a pep talk, which is a very interesting inversion of how those things normally are supposed to go. And then Stamets apologizes for being a, a, a jerk to Tilly. And then uh, that gives Saru an idea, I guess. And so he winds up playing Buster Keaton in one of the the like shuttle bays and everyone's laughing. And Linus gives popcorn to Georgia. I'm telling you, sparks are flying. And uh, no, no. That, no, you're right. I had not really thought about it, but you are absolutely right. But she takes it begrudgingly. She does. But remember when we talked in the first episode, we were like, why is she going off with Linus? She was like, Linus, what's up with your eyes? Oh, dig. And we were like, oh, it must be so she could escape. She could see lasers. And then we were like, oh, maybe it's just like she's into him. She's just into, you know, nerd dog gets down. But normally we get some sort of hint about her getting it on with somebody or some sort of innuendo. Well, she said you can see a lot of spectrums of light. I don't know what that would mean for her. All I know is Giorgio gets down and maybe this is something serious. Maybe her and Linus are an item. <laughs> Giorgio Linus, Julinus, Lijo, Lijo, Lijo. Okay, that's enough. Okay. Okay, so that's how that goes. And then Michael goes to see Adira, who's like, hey, yeah, uh, I remembered where the coordinates are. I remembered the equation to figure out the coordinates to where Starfleet is. Here it is. She gives it to Michael. And then she picks up a giant cello and she starts playing. And Michael's like, hey, that sounds beautiful. And she's like, oh, it's a lullaby. Sanital used to hear his parents sing when he was a kid. Michael's like, all right, you take it easy with those memories. And she leaves. And then Adira is playing the cello. And then Gray is there, maybe as a figment only of her imagination or something like that. And she's like, you didn't tell Gray is like, you didn't tell her about me. And Adira Tall is like, I didn't think she would believe it. And Gray is like, I think she would. And then Gray helps Adira play the cello better. And that's the end of the episode. Sweet and also creepy. No? Which part did you think was creepy other than the computer, the sex, the sexy British computer? I thought the computer was creepy because it was sexy British. And then the voice changed a couple of times. Like it was like cycling through various voices. Uh, I also think trills, you're not supposed to see your past hosts like that. That's an aberrant thing for a trill. I think you only do that when you're, it happens like once in your life cycle, you and the symbiont lock up and you wind up like having a conversation with your past lives but you're not supposed to see them around like that. You're supposed to just have their memories latent. Oh, okay. You know? Gray being there and her talking to Gray, like carrying on a conversation, is very creepy to me. Okay. And also she says, how is this possible? And Gray says, I have no idea. Okay. No? You don't think any of that's weird? I don't know enough about the child to know what's weird and what's not weird. All I'm saying is she's got an imaginary friend now. Trills don't have imaginary friends. Maybe that was just a, a sort of a thing because she's 
you know, really close to, I don't know. I'm no. just trying to make uh, up works. theories. Well, you can make up theories and you can admit that it was creepy. <laughs> With the creepy cello music. Da, 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 da. Okay, whatever. We, but I me. thought, right, okay, I quite like this episode. I thought the, the relationship with um, Adira and Gray was really cute. They were just sort of this adorable, because they're very young, high school couple. I thought it oh, yeah, was super cute. Yeah, they were both cute. orphans. Yeah. Yeah. On the generation ship. I, there's cool, I can't watch it and not have weird questions. I did... I loved their love. Yes, exactly. And I loved Gray's interaction with Adira because now we got a sense of what Adira was like before the trill. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, anyway, I, I love that part. But I couldn't help in my second rewatching as I was taking notes, be curious about these details at the periphery of that relationship. I noticed that when she was talking about the symbiont, she was talking about it as them, they. Like the pronoun of the symbiont was them, they. Yes. And I didn't know if that was significant because, again, don't know enough about Troll. But I wonder it's if that's not, where. It's not significant. Okay. For Trill, except in nomenclature. But Trills do think of themselves as a multitude inside one. Okay. If that makes sense. The older the symbiont, the more past lives you have. But then there's all these complications with, like, you could have been somebody's lover as. Shova tall and then the next tall comes along and they're like hey we were in love and you're like oh no I, I remember loving you as that other person it's kind of like Hugh and Stamets it's like I remember that we had a relationship but I'm a different person now so I don't love you I have my own things that I need to do mm. and Cindy made a good point the quilt was beautiful the quilt was beautiful quilt. and I love the story the story so but I couldn't help but feel maybe I'm just so Listen, we watched Discovery. We know something. Lorca showed up out of nowhere and his eyes were from the other side of the universe. And then Control took over things. I mean, we know something that seems banal. I know you love a good rom-com. Why can't you just let this be? It was a good rom-com. And I'll always enjoy this episode as discovering their relationship. And apparently we'll get to see them as a relationship moving forward. This oh, is this was the, the role that they is recurring. super cute. Yeah. Not to be patronizing or anything, they were super cute. Yeah, but I have two questions about them. Okay. And we don't need to answer them. I just want us to ponder them. The first is, orphans on a generation ship? How? I guess their parents could have died. Uh, that seems right. But it doesn't seem likely on a generation ship that there wouldn't be a larger family structure or community structure. You couldn't truly be an orphan, is what I would think on a ship where everyone is living together within a ship inside a vacuum. You know what I mean? It seems curious that they were both orphans. Mm. Could be a coincidence. Okay. Could just be, you know, and she says we both had each other. We were both orphans, but it was mentioned. It went, it was something that was said aloud. And so I think about it Two, Have we ever known a ship that was flying through interstellar space to be taken out by a rock? No. That yeah. was super, like, what? That was a bit like, how did no one figure that out? Yeah. Like, that, no oh, there must have been something else going on there. No proximity alert, no autopilot. Like, something else was happening on that ship. We were focused in those memories only on Adira and Gray. Mm -hmm. I'm just, okay, I don't want to, I'm not going to, you know, put on my tinfoil hat or whatever. I'm just saying, you know, something. there's something there. There's oh, something there. Okay. I'm going to fix my chair. All right. I leaned too far forward on it and I broke everything. 
<laughs> did you lose it? Did you lose a, a wheel? I, I, yeah, I rolled it onto the headphone cable. <laughs> oh yeah, which caused me not to, be able to move my head. Okay, so those are my Adira Gray things. I that was it. I just I wrote asteroid crash. Really? Uh, do you have? Yeah, right. Super sus, Cindy. Super suspect. That's all I'm saying. And I've been on the I've been on the the like fan pages and everyone's coming up with their theories about things. Do do bleep bleep blorp. But I think it's gonna be something much more subtle. You're such a silent person on those forums. I have to tag you and stuff to get you to say anything. I listen because I don't like to comment because guy, because well, you asked me, hey, is that normal for trills? And I talked for 47 minutes about the history of trill society. These are your people though. It's fine. If I answered, if I got into every theory that I have, I have to focus it here because I know you'll stop. <laughs> That's the issue. That's true. I, I will stop talk you. Talk about Adira and Gray for the next forty-five mm. minutes. But moving on, uh, I have some other stuff I think is interesting. All right. I mentioned Linus and Giorgio. I love that this was a Culber episode. the The B plot, at the very least, was yep. a, like very focused on Culber and his role in the crew. His uh, bedside manner. Mm-hmm. He's like uh, he's like uh, uh, the doctor in Voyager now, or like the doctor in Voyager, Neelix. Deanna, he's sort of combining. He's sort of Deanna Neelix Guinan. He's got a Guinan quality because he's not like come. He's like, hey, if you want to talk, come have a talk. Yeah, he's just like yeah. come into my my medical quarters. Yeah, he's like, and hey, Guinan's you know you like, come to ten forward. forward, and Deanna's like, come to my yeah, I'll make studio. Some ice cream or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I enjoyed mousse. that. He's like an unofficial. I wonder if he's going to become a, a officially a counselor. Maybe he'll get a new degree. I don't know. He seems like he could. He's a smart guy. And so thinking that this was a Culber episode and being smitten with the idea of Linus and Giorgio, I was wondering if there would be a Linus episode. Hmm? 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 Would that be interesting? Possibly. Especially if they're an item. Come into my doorway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she does go, hey. And then he goes, hey. And then they like lean against the doorway. It was very, dare I say it, this is my so-called life. And I was here for it. Mm. Whilst you're doing QG, I'm going to slip one thing in. That mm-hmm. sounds rude. Um, Not in your accent. Thank you. The title of this one was Forget Me Not. And I kind of thought it would have been slightly more funny to call it Everything is Fine. That okay. would have. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Because that was pretty much the premise of it. Everything's fine. We're I fine. I bet they beat it back and forth. A few. I think the reason they won't forget me not is because they like to go with weird, ominous titles. Yeah, they do. To make people like me spin their wheels and wonder what they're not telling us when everything seems fine. On or service. have a, oh, something part one and then no part two. Yeah, where's that part two coming from? It's going to drive me crazy. It's, oh, like having, it's like having one shoe. Where's the other shoe? It's bonkers. I need to write that down. That should be on my list of things to talk about every episode for this whole season. <laughs> Where are we getting that hope is you part two? <laughs> I don't like this. Yeah. Seems like a weird secret. Uh, yes. And then, okay, f- yeah, we feel fine would be a good title. My final weird thing was because of the sphere data was was creepy for me because it kind of just took over the, com- the computer. I'm thinking that, and this is, this is tinfoil, Hattie. So, you know... <laughs> Feel free to drown it out with anything else. But you've got the sphere data, which could have made control sentient, but was not used for control, which is great because control had its own AI things. The sphere is a ton of information and is essentially has proven, especially in this episode, that it has like the ability to answer a question without being asked. 
and controls the mind of the ship. Sphere data. You've got a mycelial network that will allow you to transfer to other universes and across space and time rapidly. And you can go inside of it and have an adventure with your friend May, right? Mm-hmm. That's two super weird things. Three, durst we forget, dark matter. We got those dark matter things that do dark matter stuff. I just feel like those three things together, hashtag hockey theory, <laughs> disco comes alive. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right. Disco is alive. Kapla. Kapla to you. Shall we move on? <sighs> yes, we're done. Shall we? I'm done. Quotable moments. Thank God. Okay, what do you got? What have I got? I There weren't too many sort of quotable moments, but I did Agreed. like um, when Adira and Michael were walking to the shuttle. And she said, I have a squid and you threw up in a wormhole. Things are pretty weird out here, but human connection is one thing I understand. You know, we have some patico because I wrote that down too. Did you? Of course. Uh, It was so good. Uh, I did like Tilly's speech to Saru. She's getting good with those. She said, sir, we made a decision together and we are living with it together. The fact that you reminded us of that and reminded us who we are to each other. I think that's leadership. Cute. Come on, Tilly. Can we hit me with the Tilly time, please? Do we have Tilly, Tilly time, Peter? We do. Tilly, don't be silly. Tilly, space is wide. Space is wide. Clearly, it gets chilly. Tilly, it's your time. Clearly, it gets chilly. Oh, <laughs> such great lyrics. <laughs> really You're good. an award-winning songwriter, aren't you? I wrote, I won an award <laughs> once. Uh, was it for songwriting? I don't know. What was uh, it for? Oh, I liked also this, the, just one last thing that Culber in the very beginning, he was talking about the crew and he says, um, they feel lost, disconnected. I tell them I've been alone. I've been lost. Both are survivable and surviving can become living again. Mm, good. Not bad, that is right? good. Yeah, it's very That's good. That's like throwaway at the beginning. That's before they even get into symbionts. Cindy's asking, does Saru have a jingle? So I think Aki needs to make a jingle for Saru. You know what? Saru doesn't have a jingle, and we already have another jingle on my to-do list here. So Just do two at once? Yeah, I'm going to work on a jingle. All what right. do you think it should I could do one right now, but wouldn't be good. <laughs> <laughs> Not a great rhymer. Uh, see, clearly it gets chilly. But uh, if I give, if given some time, I could come up with something. That Saru. Oh, that could be quite funny because they all did haikus. Saru with his haikus. Saru with his haikus. Uh, yeah, anything else? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, we tried. Yep. Okay. Um, I think we should we should wrap it up unless you have any other outstanding things. I thought this was a great episode, and it was it was tight, but it I feel like tight. there's. There's clues in it. I'm telling you. Easter Look eggs. For the clues. Watch again. Watch it slowly. Rewind. Hear what people say. It's not just me, man. Next time on Set Phasers. Remove the right. tinfoil from your head. Hold on. That was me removing tinfoil. <laughs> um, the next episode, uh, which we'll be covering next week, is called Die Trying. Pretty creepy title. 
you ask me. And from the preview, we saw that they it seems like they found the Federation and the Federation is dressed up instead of like future fascists like the mirror universe, they're dressed up like old school fascists. Oh, Did you fun. get that suit? They look, they look like Mussolini-esque. I did not notice that. I'll be talking about the suits next weekend. Man, I really missed Books Abs this episode, but I think we're doing great. We're doing okay without Books Abs for now, but yeah, it would be I hope great they if Michael just like did a quick call. He was yeah. like, oh, just getting out of the shower. Like, oh, hey, yeah. Michael. Yeah, she's a queen. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. There's some new people commenting, and I love it. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed the program, you can catch us every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook Live or as a podcast every Monday, wherever podcasts come from. And if you find us, please rate and subscribe us. Please do. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Set Phasers Podcast. So feel free to follow us and join in the conversation of all things Trek. And ooh, I, I try and make a meme a week. That's that's my task. And you're doing a great job at it. One tries one's best. Okay, with the British accent. If you want to support us in our continuing mission to discover what Discovery has in store for us, we'd only be delighted. You can patronize us. We can take it by going to patreon.com slash setphasers. Uh, well, until next time, I'm Steph Manns. And I'm Aki Burmese. And this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Computer. End program. Mm-hmm.